Well, Rick, I can't believe this is the last episode of our Masterpiece series this summer on the podcast and in church. It's kind of weird because this has been our summer series, and the fact that that series is over now marks that the... That the oh, don't twilight don't of don't summer is here. <laughs> and I it's that weird, it's that it's that weird time. I find myself starting to get anxious for all the things that happen in fall. People settle back in routines, uh, attendance goes up, engagements in, in, in small group and classes and That's ministry. T- I get I get excited about. It. So I'm like in this like weird kind of. It's still the it's still the relaxed nature of summer, but it's the. It's the it's we the, are deep into preparing for fall kickoff. Yeah, we are. Here we and, are. We are. It's mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So I'm like, and that's I'm, exciting. I'm yeah. looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah. 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 Very much so. But the other thing I'm looking forward to right now is we have, for the first time, we get to have Paul McDonald here with us on the podcast. Paul, uh, this is your first time on the podcast? First time on the podcast. Glad to be here. Okay. So can we do like a little, can we do a little background information on you? Can we sure. just, you know, because not everybody gets to, gets to know you. Um, there are a lot of people who get to know you. I mean, you are our connections pastor, so you're helping people get connected in the life of, of our church, especially people who are brand new to our church. Um, Often the first pastor yeah, that people get to meet when they come here. Yeah, you people get to people really get to engage you on a on a one on one kind of way and in a really personal way. But for those of you, or, uh, for those people rather who are listening and they may not know the facts and history and all the deets about Pastor Paul McDonald, <laughs> what are some things? That we should know. Sports fan or not a sports fan? <laughs> not at all a sports fan. Okay. All right. We're no. gonna we're gonna let that slide. I'm yeah. probably in the minority right now anyway. Yeah, I'm the only one in this in this circle that's a sports <laughs> fan. A favorite hobby? Uh boy, so I, I have a lot of interests uh um that, that sort of I'm uh, passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um uh genealogy is one of them. I love digging into uh family history and so um that's a never ending process. It's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Uh uh, looking back into the mm-hmm. into the past, where our roots come from. Yeah, and uh, how long have you been at Autumn Ridge? So Peggy and I visited for the first time in two thousand and one, and I'd love to share the story that uh, the very very first day that we visited, we sat in the back row, so we'd be uh, uh, unnoticed, and as we test drove this new church, what was then First Baptist, and mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through the service, uh, Lowell Horning tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, can you take?" Uh, offering for us can you help us and i said well <laughs> it's my first time here i'm just visiting and he said oh, it's all right i'll show you how to do it so the very <laughs> first day that we visited uh i served as uh, as an usher at, i did uh, not know that job. story really of course fun. you're going to stick around here they let you collect money That's so right. well, uh, I, yeah, well, I had a list of six or seven churches we we're going to visit and we never made it uh, past first baptist we just knew that was a great fit for us so at, you uh, you've been here over 20 years you started as at a tender at when the name was different and you stayed through the location being different and now you're on staff how long have you been on staff that's right pastor? so uh, eight years ago i came on staff so yeah. uh i like to say that was the longest interview ever uh, <laughs> as, we, as peggy and i were both involved in ministry and i uh, specifically around uh, small group ministry for a lot a lot of years that was a passion for me i came yeah. to christ in in a small group sitting in a basement with a bunch of guys so yeah. uh yeah oh that's awesome so i was about to say Svea, that paul's got a unique story but his story is not like totally different from yours both of you guys yeah started you're kind off. of outnumbered in this I'm, way too i'm the weird one yeah <laughs> like i i came as the pastor you guys were both part of the congregation yeah, part paul of the church and family and became pastors deep love for this church having mm-hmm. sat in several different 
different places in this building and yeah, uh, right. in several different ways. And uh, yeah, Autumn Ridge runs deep in our veins, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, it sure does. And, mm-hmm. uh, and absolutely excited uh, uh, to see uh, new directions, uh, new leadership, new vision for mm-hmm. uh, the church. So, okay, we're going to talk about that just for a second. Can I can I hijack the conversation, sure. Svea? Sure. Yeah, I know you don't usually I, get to to drive in the I, same way. So I know. Enjoy. I know what you're thinking over there. Like you're going to keep me from talking about what I want to talk about. I kind of. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in the way this works. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to settle down. <laughs> okay. But my question is, Paul. What is it that keeps you excited? What is it that that energizes you about ministry and and pastoral leadership. Yeah, boy. So, I mean, uh, things uh, things have evolved over time. Even in my uh, time here on staff in eight years, uh, you know, the things that I get to do has has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I've landed in a spot that um, I'm just truly passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love connecting with people. I love uh, uh, new folks that are coming to our church that yeah. that are just a little bit up in the air about about what is this going to look like, what's mm-hmm. it going to feel like, and and helping them discover uh, what their place might be in this community. And I, it never gets old. I don't just, know if people know this, but I call you the pastor of cool stories because you always have the most amazing stories of conversations and encounters with people. I mean, being right there with them when they're going through moments of, of life change and coming to mm-hmm. faith and, and or navigating a crisis while while you know, choosing to trust God in the middle of that. I mean, you got the greatest stories of anybody I know. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it's an absolute privilege. And uh, and yeah, when you're up close uh, with folks that are, that are uh, look, when, when people show up at our door, so often it's the result of, you know, some sort of crisis in their life, a difficulty mm-hmm. in their life, something has caused them to say, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to try something different. I need mm-hmm. to look in a different direction. And they show up here not knowing what to expect. And uh, just being able to, to engage with them at that level um, mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I appreciate about that is, Paul, your, like, your heartbeat is perfectly in sync um, with what we're trying to be as a church. We want to be a, the kind of church um, of all cultures where all kinds of people are coming. And, but we, we really want to be the kind of collection of God's people where people who are who are hurting love to attend, who have questions love to attend, who are skeptical. They love to be, to be around us too. And uh, your team does a great job. So you're, you're oversee a number of teams. Uh, guest services is a big deal. Serve team is a, is a big deal. I don't yeah. know if anybody's ever considered joining the serve team, but I want to give a shout out to that team. That's pretty fantastic. It's a huge expression of hospitality. That's our security and emergency response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's our, it, yeah. Security and emergency response team, and there's medical stuff in there too. But they're just they're a great expression of hospitality. Anyway, you do a great job of helping our church be as hospitable as we want to be. And so I just want to take this opportunity to say I appreciate you and and, and I admire you for that. I thank you, Rick. <laughs> well, you guys are great, and we could probably talk about how much we love Autumn Ridge and all of that <laughs> for the rest of the morning. But we're here to talk about the masterpiece series and the final or final message. In that, Paul, thank you for finishing out our series this summer. Uh, As people probably are well familiar with by this time, and one of the things I've enjoyed about Mm -hmm. doing this over and over and over again is is I've kind of subconsciously memorized both Ephesians 2.10 and Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 since we've been calling back to these same verses over and over. Should we put her on the spot right now, or should we just assume (laughs) that she's telling memory? Yeah, let's do it. You're you're a little upset of how uh, I have a tendency to throw off the curve of people's memory recall. Yeah, we're going to do a little—yeah, okay. (laughs) 
but yes. yes, but but as we've explored what it means to be God's handiwork, yeah. or as other translations say, His masterpiece, mm-hmm. we've pulled out these same character qualities each uh, each week, and we've looked at the qualities of humility and gentleness and patience, love, unity, and now Paul, you finished us out with peace. Hmm. Um, and I loved a phrase that you used in the beginning of your message. You said that not everyone. Well, no, you you you. I, okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because not everyone is is always wanting to put in the effort on some of these other qualities, but everyone is looking for peace. Um, I think the, the way that you said it is how can something that everyone yearns for, though, be so elusive? Mm-hmm. We're all looking for peace, and yet um, every one of us would say there's times when we just don't experience peace in our lives, um, why? What? What was behind that phrase for you? Why would you say that's the case? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that absolutely resonated for me. Um, and and early on, as I as I started looking at this, um, it was clear to me that um, I needed to go back to um, to this idea of conflict um, that originated uh, in in the garden, right? So I think God has put a longing in our hearts. Uh, for the garden, mm-hmm. uh, a longing in our hearts for that time when we were at perfect peace uh, in the perfect garden and perfect relationship uh, with God. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, I think that longing is just, it's just inborn in us. It's something that we, uh, we just by nature uh, desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but our experience, our lived experience every day uh, uh, just makes it such an elusive thing. Yeah. So that seems like it kind of feeds into the big idea that you were really pointing us to in this message. Um, You had a a phrase that you brought back a couple of times saying, the heart of all conflict is a heart in conflict with God, that conflict beginning in the garden uh, when when things fell. Um, Talk a little bit more about that idea that, that at the heart of all conflict is the sense that we're no longer in that sense of perfect peace with God. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you know the the description that that's used about um, um, that perfect place and that perfect time is shalom, mm-hmm. uh, and this idea that I mean it's a it, I mean it's a huge idea, but it includes peace. It's uh, this idea of harmony or, or completeness or or tranquility, um, uh, and that's the big picture. In the garden, we had shalom, and and uh, and we lost it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the sense that uh, we have this desire to regain it. Yeah, yeah. When I think of shalom, and I'm, I think I'm actually going to be talking about it a little bit uh, this coming week. I don't know if that's going to end up edited out or included in in our new message series we're kicking off. It also includes the idea of flourishing, mm-hmm. um, of thriving. When Jesus said in John chapter ten uh, that He came to give life in all of its fullness or abundance, that is that's shalom. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we want that, but we can only find that with him, in him, following him. Yeah, there's a passage in Colossians uh, 1, 19 through 22. Uh, for God was pleased to have all this fullness dwell in him, that's mm-hmm. Jesus, and through him reconcile all things to himself. Mm. So that's the that's the piece that to me was, um, I was just winsome. It's, it's What does that look like to, mm-hmm. um, to be reconciled? Mm. Mm-hmm. To be returned to that state of yeah. peace with him. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we still lack that peace, even even though we are reconciled to Christ. We're not living in a time where we're going to experience that all of the time. And yeah. 
And, and something that I thought was so powerful in the message that you brought out was that Jesus didn't experience it all the time. Jesus himself had times when he felt troubled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, we shouldn't be caught off guard when peace feels elusive at times. So the absence of peace certainly is an indicator that something is wrong, but it doesn't mean that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe maybe I am wrong. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> more more than I more than I want to admit, but it's a it's an indicator that something's wrong, but it's not necessarily that that I'm wrong. And there were times that Jesus was in the middle of things that were certainly the absence of peace, but he wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. But he inserted himself in a broken uh, world and was bringing it uh, into reconciliation with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of inserting himself in the world. So mm-hmm. Emmanuel, God with us, uh, he gets us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to just kind of pull back a little bit because we've, we've kind of gone right to some of the theology behind all of this. But uh, throughout the summer, as each of us have prepared messages on these different character qualities, we've, we've often kind of pointed to how God's had to work on our own hearts mm-hmm. in regards to each of these. I'm, I'm wondering what the experience was like for you, Paul, in preparing a message focused on peace. Um, <laughs> did, did God give you extra peace as you were preparing this, or did you feel yeah. a lack of it? or how was just? I, I want to ask it this way. <laughs> okay. Do you did you have the experience that that that's Faye and I often have when we're preparing messages that we're going to give that we're like oh I'm doing this great I'm wonderful <laughs> I'm the greatest example of what I'm about to talk about uh, no <laughs> never <laughs> been the case that was sarcasm but, yeah. if you didn't catch that <laughs> yeah I'm going to allude to this for sure I mean this was part of uh, part of how um, I end up talking about this is that um, for sure I, I've been in a season um, yeah. I've been in this season for uh, a little over a year now where there's been some real intensive opportunities to to discover and live out what it means to mm-hmm. to, to have peace with God. Um, you know, there's this idea that um, when, when we're preparing a message, we have the privilege of bringing God's word um, that we preach to ourselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and, that, and that's been certainly true um, really every time we have this opportunity, but this time maybe particularly true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, preach to myself. One of the, the my favorite parts in your message was the analogy that you used of the first time that your wife Peggy had gone to the Holy Land and came back and was describing it to you, but you couldn't quite resonate with it. You were just looking at pictures. I and just all of so that. appreciate you saying. I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blase was the term. <laughs> yeah. And and yet then when you actually got to be there and experience it for yourself, it was a completely mind-blowing experience for you and a whole different idea. And uh, and you you pitched that as the um, the need that we have to experience God's peace for ourselves. Like you can hear about it and it sounds great, but until you've experienced it, mm. you can't even begin to appreciate it. Um, can you can you tell us about a, a time in your life when you feel like you've just really experienced God's peace in a way that was undeniable? Yeah, yeah. So I think the the idea that it transcends all understanding. So that's that mm. that's that's the word that's used. It's, it's sort of beyond our human, real human experience to to fully understand it. Um, but we can experience it, and and I think like uh, so many of the the fruits of the spirit, uh, right? These are uh, uh, some of them are more tangible than others, but but I think the opportunity we have to live these things out in community and and in a way practice them together around a table uh, with other believers um, uh, they just become more real that way so mm-hmm. I think the idea of experiencing uh, 
uh, God showing up and providing that peace that passes all understanding in the midst of turmoil. Um, I think we learn from each other. I think we learn from our own experiences. I shared the story of a of a close family friend that we got to see this up close and personal this uh, in this last year. She lost her battle with cancer, and uh, um, she ministered to us. Right, God mm-hmm. used that circumstance to show us in a powerful way what does it look like in in a very practical way uh, to have peace that's completely unconnected to the circumstances. Mm-hmm. 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 That's been consistent with when I felt like it's truly God's peace. It's when it's that sense of of reassurance, of love, of calm, of stillness in the midst of circumstances that are anything but. And mm-hmm. just knowing this would not be how my natural personality would be responding in this moment. Yeah. So the fact that I can feel at peace right now is is indescribable it's yeah. it's not understandable it's it's got to be god in that moment mm-hmm. it was a worry for me as i was preparing this message um uh, uh knowing uh, uh, that there are many many people in our congregation listening online mm-hmm. uh, that are in the middle as i said the middle mm-hmm. of the storm mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and uh and uh I, I was i was concerned that um we were providing some kind of just pat answers yeah. um, that was going to sound insincere, and mm-hmm. uh, um, and and what does it look like in their lives? Uh, and and I was careful to say, you know, I don't I, I don't want to assign meaning to the suffering, right? Mm-hmm. But what we can know is is God is in the midst of us in our suffering, mm-hmm. and I wanted that to come through clearly, and and I hope it did. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who's saying, you know, I'm. I'm in the midst of turmoil right now. I, my circumstances are feeling bleak, and I'm not feeling at peace. What, what words of reassurance could you give them that doesn't just feel like a pat answer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we do this in community. Um, that's my encouragement to people. My encouragement is is surround yourself with mm-hmm. uh, other believers. Um, mm-hmm. This unity of spirit that, that our passage talks about, what does that look like to live that out together mm-hmm. uh, with other believers? Um, I think it's invaluable. I had a professor in college who used to say, God's love often has human fingerprints on it. And we experience his love through other people who are loving us the way that they've been loved by him. Other people who are willing to, to walk in the way of, of Jesus. And in my life, I've experienced tremendous comfort just by someone just being with me. They don't mm-hmm. solve it. They can't change it. But they're just there. They're just there with me in it. Uh, it's incredibly powerful, yeah. and I think that uh, I think it's important for for people to remember. I know that you're passionate about this, so you, you you're leading our small group leaders. You're passionate about this, but we but but we remember the presence of God. We experience the presence of God not just in an abstract way by remembering theological truths, but also practically following Jesus, doing life the way that He said to do it by being with other people. Um, who are also following him, and we experience his presence in that regard as well. It's indispensable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyone who, I get it, you know, I understand some people kind of with stress, anxiety, worry, disruption in life, there's a there's a desire to withdraw and isolate. I think I've got that in me. I think I'm kind of pre-wired yeah. mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of go that route, but it's never good for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not where I experience the, the, th- the peace that God wants me to have. It's by trusting and following Jesus and remaining in Christian community and allowing other people to to love me 
Yeah, there's an there's an intentionality there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah. <clears throat> that Ephesians four passage that has these different character traits ends mm. the concept of peace. It's not just peace; it talks about the bond of peace. Mm. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what Paul was getting at, but there is a bond that yeah. we share as believers when mm-hmm. we are carrying each other's burdens, and we can give each other reassurance of of God's peace. That that's a deeply bonding thing for us as mm-hmm. brothers yeah. and sisters in Christ. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I. Uh, um, uh, this past year, we've we've had an opportunity, uh, offered an opportunity for people to to learn about um, what does Sabbath rest look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, Peggy and I have, uh, especially after returning from uh, a, a trip to Israel, we spent some time with uh, a Jewish family, and and we we watched literally. We were there on Friday night at sunset with this family as they began the practice of Shabbat or mm-hmm. Sabbath for them. And, uh, and we learned really firsthand what it was like for them to um, uh, have that time of uh, set apart and, and, and rest. But one of the most crucial things they talked about is that part of their practice of Sabbath was inviting uh, people into their home mm. to share that experience with them. And so, so Peggy and I um, are, are bringing that practice into our life. And one of the, one of the foundational pieces of it is that we invite uh, people into our home uh, during that time. Each week, uh, we we just we just look around our circle that um, uh, uh, that 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 we are influencing, that we're a part of, and and we invite them in. And, and oftentimes, there are people that are struggling with um, uh, uh, finding peace in their lives for a mm-hmm. variety of reason. And and uh, I see something amazing happen when mm-hmm. you gather around a table and you mm-hmm. and you just support one another mm-hmm. in the midst of that. I, I hope this doesn't feel too on the on the nose. I we never know how these conversations are going to go. They're they're totally un, unscripted. But I'm hearing you talk about that, and I'm like finding myself I want to do that. And um, Heather and I are we're we're gearing up to to launch a, a small group that's going to be meeting uh, in our home. Um, and there might be people who are listening, and they're they're thinking like, okay, I want I want to be a part of that. We're we're like just a couple of weeks away from really opening up small groups. And so people who are mm-hmm. thinking I could use that, I would, I could benefit from that. I want to be a part of that. I want to receive that kind of stuff from people. I want to provide that kind of stuff for other people. We're, I mean, we're just a couple of weeks away from opening up opportunities. Yeah, this is very relevant yeah. timing right now. If, if someone's listening to mm-hmm. this podcast right when it's released this coming Sunday, we've got an event right after the, the church services for just a casual lunch. People mm-hmm. can come and find out about leading a small group and what's involved in that and, and hear from some of our newer small group leaders about mm-hmm. why they're glad that they've been leading a group. Um, but uh, but even if they're listening after that, um, I would love to talk with anyone who's interested in leading a group or mm-hmm. people who want to join a group. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to be launching a whole bunch of new groups this fall for mm-hmm. specifically for our upcoming sermon series, but also so that we can provide people that kind of community and mm-hmm. and bond and the opportunity to sit around the table like you were discussing, Paul. Yeah, maybe bring this a little full circle to your question. What do you say to somebody that um, is just struggling mm-hmm. uh to experience this picture of peace that's painted for us, um, I can think of no better way than to, uh, and it's a courageous move, I think in the midst of our struggle, it's a courageous move to say, yeah, I wanna, I wanna get real. Mm-hmm. I wanna do life together with a group of people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, but, but I, I, I can think of no better way uh, to find peace than that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and the bond extends beyond just the small group. It's such a joy to then come to church services and see those people, and you're like, oh, there's my people over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, the connection that, uh, that just has so many rewards in so many different ways. Paul, you ended your message with, I thought, a very powerful statement about um, when we're, we're needing peace, the idea that we don't just have to white-knuckle our way to peace. We're not, we don't have to just buck up buttercup, like you said, and, and just try to be stronger in it all, uh, but that instead, instead of being stronger, we need to raise that white flag of surrender, of just handing it over to Christ. Uh, and, and I think you were driving at the need for us to be saved because we'll never experience God's peace without... Uh, knowing him as our Lord and Savior first, uh, but uh, but I think it also has another. Uh, um, it resonates on another level too. Of of at some point we can just lay all of these burdens that cause us to not be at peace at the foot of the cross and yeah. trust God in yeah. that. Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about <laughs> that idea of just surrender to our good God? Yeah, uh, boy, I mean, this is I mean, this is personal, right? I mean, this is a personal reflection. I, I think it's true of others as well, but um, uh, what. What stands in the way of our peace? Mm. What what stands in the way of my peace? And and for me, it's a it's something that we inherited from Adam. Uh, pride, self sufficiency, um, and to me, the solution for that is surrender. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think we do need to surrender. I think there's a a part of us that just needs to say, "I'm going to give up my own kind of human strivings and an effort to do this on my own under my own strength." And just understand that it's a it's not a strength move it can't be a strength move mm-hmm. is there anything from the message that hit the cutting room floor that you're like oh i wish i had the opportunity to include this and couldn't yeah i mean that's a that's our challenge always isn't it yeah. um this could have been a six uh, week sermon series easily on peace, mm-hmm. right um there's there's a lot a lot of stuff here um and uh i love how the holy spirit i mean this is a little bit peek behind the curtain but how the holy spirit just uh guides that process you you start out with a very very large topic um and and there's a there's a lot that can be said about about peace but but again i think partly because of my own personal experience the season that uh, uh peggy and i find ourselves in um, this ended up being uh, mm-hmm. uh very very much about um what does it look like to uh to have a chance to experience what God wants us to experience, and mm-hmm. to have a taste again, a, a, a foretaste of what um, a return to the garden is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, Paul, I so appreciate you coming in this morning to join us to talk about your message. Thank you for preaching a beautiful message that finished out this series. And Rick, we've enjoyed. Uh, the opportunity to dive deep into Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 4. I've really enjoyed it. I've I've enjoyed hearing everybody preach. I've enjoyed the team effort of this series and all the work that's that's gone into it. And I I feel like I've just been a guy in the canoe with a paddle just rowing along um, with everyone else. And it's been I love it. It's been it's been fantastic. I'd say one of the the successes for me in uh, in watching people in our congregation talk about this is that I've started to hear them use this language of, you know, I wonder what it would look like to be a a, a picture of God's masterpiece in this mm, situation. And yeah. even had a couple of small group leaders come to me in this last week with the problem that they were trying to navigate and said, you know, how can we exhibit better humility and gentleness mm, and patience and love awesome? in 
that and and to see people taking this in in mm-hmm. a deep way and yeah. and really using it as the lens through yeah. which they're seeing the world is just really really exciting and I think if we feel that excited imagine how excited God feels about that yeah I uh, I was recently um, sitting under the the teaching of, a, of another pastor I was away at family camp and every week he would give a little different kind of perspective on the thoughts or the inner life of a, of a pastor or behind the scenes look at pastoral ministry for everyone who was listening. And one day he said, pastors don't like to be told the good sermon. Or, and people were like audibly reacting to that, like they couldn't believe it. And I think he's right. I think, I think what most pastors like hearing from folks is this is how I'm better understanding God's word and yeah. I'm trusting it and this I'm experiencing benefit from it. We love those kinds of stories. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I've, I'm hearing good stuff in the lobby. I heard great stuff in the lobby this this week about how people were, were wrestling through what they heard and how they felt encouraged by it. And uh, I love, I love being a part of a church uh, full of people who rally around God's word and just kind of just love telling stories about how they're experiencing the richness and the beauty, what it means to be a masterpiece that comes by following the master artist. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, the the opportunity um, after um, uh, after sermon like this, any sermon uh, mm-hmm. again is is yeah, you get to hear. Uh, stories and 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 I'd share just one maybe in closing that it wasn't even a story it was just an experience so so at the end of um, this week's sermon we had an opportunity to share the Lord's Supper together and uh, uh, and obviously there's just a there's a beautiful tie-in there for us it was a wonderful way to uh, to to bring us to a conclusion um, in this in this whole series and uh, and I had the opportunity to be serving uh, uh, the elements and uh, and just watched as a uh, a couple approached to take communion, uh, very very tearful mm-hmm. and 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 my privilege of being able to serve them the mm-hmm. Lord's Supper and knowing that they're in the middle of the worst kind of storm right mm-hmm. now and there they were mm-hmm. uh, experiencing God's peace mm-hmm. in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I love to finish out series is with prayer. Mm -hmm. Rick, would you just close us today in prayer and maybe give some glory to God for for who he is and what he has done? Heavenly Father, you are uh, good. Uh, We love to declare it. We love to talk about it. Um, And yet we know that uh, all our attempts to describe it uh, fall short, and yet we are so grateful for how you uh, so freely and generously invite us in just to delight in you. And experience you. And today we're especially grateful uh, for peace, uh, peace that is beyond description, peace that is uh, beyond full comprehension, but can be experienced by all of us as we trust in you. And God, for anyone who's listening right now, and maybe they're feeling hesitant, God, that they would um, follow the words of wisdom that were shared to, to simply surrender. Uh, for those of us who are experiencing it right now, that we would Uh, Be on the lookout for those who need it, and we could um, share and invite in uh, to those folks what it is to uh, be a part of the bond of peace that really comes from the work that you are doing uh, in our lives. We're grateful for all that we have in Christ and from Christ and through Christ, and uh, we thank you uh, that you are the master artist at work in us, and uh, it is our desire to trust and follow and to be uh, 
those works of art, living out the art of good works uh, that you intend that bring glory to you. And so we just ask that you just give us more and more opportunities to do that. And so in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.